Good evening, everybody. How is everybody doing tonight? I hope you had a great day. I had a severe headache last night. One of those things where you had to like 
close your eyes and not let any light get into it. I could barely think so. But we're back tonight, guys. We've got a great little show planned for this evening. Got a lot of news to go over, and then we're going to go over um, significant scripture, just uh, some of the big scriptures that uh, everyone needs to know and hear about. So that'll be fun as well. And then tomorrow night, I believe Thursday, I don't know, the holidays always throw me off. That would be MSM Liars coming on with us as well. So it's going to be another great show. So I hope you all are doing well. For those of you that I did not get a chance to say hello to, good evening. God bless you, and thank you for joining us this evening. Guys, this is Kilted Christian, episode 511. I've titled this one, Significant Scripture. Let's get to it. We are many nations around the world, comprised of many cultures, but we stand together in a battle between good and evil. We're the seekers of wisdom, the bringers of truth, the hands of heaven, and the voices of reason. As the world tries to divide us by our differences, we only grow stronger as we are bound together as the children of God. Right. All right, everybody. Great to see you in the turf. That would be, uh, I'm not sure if you're talking about Douglas who pops on here for uh, the Chasing Squirrels episode or if you're referring to Dustin Nemos, um, but they both talk about the Nephilim. That's for sure. Dustin does a lot of like great research on that as well. He'll be joining us uh, possibly later on in this week. I'm going to bring him on for a conversation coming up that we're going to have about the big conspiracy of chemtrails. Which isn't too much of a conspiracy. Matter of fact, uh, Jay Wu sent me a great video earlier that goes over that and how the military was responsible for. I know Matt and have surprised, aren't you? Yeah, those little those little clouds that just play tic tac toe in the sky. They're not natural. They're chemtrails. That's right. I tell you, I studied that one for a while, and it was amazing how many people argued with me, telling me, oh, that's just normal. That's always happened." I was like, "Do you not look up at the skies when you were kids?" So, anyways, uh. We're going to go ahead and get into a little bit of news first, guys. There's a whole lot of news going on, and then we'll get into the uh, topic for the evening. I'm going to be a little bit of a shorter show. I've got a little bit of work to do tonight. I um, had a job interview today as well, which is awesome. So the first job that I took, uh, I'm like the last guy on the totem pole. So they basically give me what's left over when other people can't work and uh, got another interview today. So kind of doing the same thing, um, editing. I told them that uh, I said I can do – any kind of editing that you want, but I'm also a humble guy, and I will take archive work as well. I will take what I can get. Heck, I will work at McDonald's. Well, I won't work at McDonald's, but I will work at a fast food restaurant at this point if I had to. Like I said, it's all about taking care of the family. But this is good. I get to do what I do best, and that is edit. I love doing it because I get to do it at nighttime when my mom's sleeping, and I can hang out and watch over during the day. So anyways, let's get into a little bit of news today. Um. First, this this whole we know that this is going to be a chaotic year, guys. There, there's no getting around it. Some of the stuff that I'm already seeing is just insane. But we're walking into the election of 2024, and we know that it's been rather chaotic the last couple of years. But I got a feeling this coming year is going to make what we've been dealing with look like happy picnic day or happy pancake night. You know, it's going to be. Um, interesting times because they don't want this election to go through. They certainly don't want Trump getting in there. Um, and Trump's going to get in there unless they cheat. So they're having to like do early cheating and remove them from ballots. Apparently Michigan, um, they denied the removal of Trump from the ballot, but Colorado still went through with it. And I got a feeling that, uh, a lot are going to take place. Sadly, all of this stuff that we've been waiting to happen, all of this um, stuff we've been waiting to happen, um, got held off because our Senate and our Dem or excuse me, our Senate and our Congress want to take these really long month long uh, holiday vacations. And it's like, I just remember growing up and I think many of you were probably in the same boat working jobs to where we literally had to work on Christmas. 
and I'd rather spend time with family than get that extra couple of bucks uh, a day. But I also wanted to keep a job. So I'd always end up working on Christmas and Thanksgiving and all these holidays um, just so that the golfers, the elite golfers can go golfing. It's unbelievable. But we do what we have to do to take care of our family. Um, and I, but I also remember when I got to the point where I had a job that we didn't work on the holidays, like when I was working for the stars and the spurs, how excited I was just to get the day before and the day after of Christmas off. And I was like, Oh, that's so awesome. I got a break. And these guys literally, they literally get the longest month long breaks. Uh, resident Biden comes back in from his vacation and literally hops on a plane and goes to the Virgin Islands for another two week vacation. So guys, we're paying all of this money for them to have a good time while we're having to work and take care of our family and figure out we're going to buy gas or buy food, but that's okay because the important people get the time off and we get to pay for it. So one of those distractions that we're going to be looking at, um, apparently is, is being talked about more and more. We've been talking about this for a while is fake alien invasion. I wish I had my echo button ready so I could be like fake alien invasion, 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 because it's coming. So Tucker Carlson has been talking about this a lot. And Tucker Carlson says once he can fully prove his theories on aliens, he will immediately release them to the public. And he's actually been talking to people within the government that have given him a little heads up of what's going on. So Tucker doubled down on his theory of a spiritual component. Um, and he commented on the Vatican's involvement in this. So this is really interesting that Tucker's actually coming out and saying this because he's saying that, that what the government has, has basically, and we've known this, has been talking to these other things, aliens, demons, whatever you want to call them, and making a deal to where they're just kind of playing ball with them. But Tucker calls him out on that. He says, I'm just telling you, after a lot of conversations, I think it's likely that the U.S. government has had contact with these, direct contact over a period of years. Um, I find that really disturbing. If I could prove any of this, I would say it immediately. Consequences be damned. I strongly think that there's a spiritual component to this, and I don't understand. So he's basically saying these things aren't aliens from outer space. And he literally quoted saying that these things have been here forever. So it kind of falls right into what a lot of us think is that they're not aliens. It's angels and demons, fallen angels, and they've been here forever. So it'd be interesting to see um, where this comes out. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing when he puts this out because that's one thing is that Regardless how people may feel about Tucker, I'm still not completely convinced that he's 100% on our side, but his shackles have been removed, and he's actually being a little bit more open. Um, he even went out the other day calling the, the DeSantis supporters some of the nastiest people online. So it's he, like I said, he's not being told by Fox anymore in his earpiece uh, what to do or what to say. And Matt and Hev, I like Tucker overall. Um I've just become really skeptical of everybody at this point. So rather than just going, I can trust them. They're awesome. I say, I like them, but I'm still going to be cautious because one day they may betray us. Cause we've seen this happen multiple times. Um, people over and over again, claiming and pretending to be on our side. And then they end up turning out to be rhinos and stuff like that. Pompeii was probably one of my big ones. Matter of fact, no, my, my big one was Trey Gowdy. I don't know why that one surprised me. I guess I kind of thought that, you know, after I'm um, looking into Benghazi, that he was holding information back because, you know, there's certain things you can't try Christ. So if he had released that information, chances are it would have been thrown in the garbage, but then he turned out to be a deep state or two. Um, yeah, it was, it's really sad. Matter of fact, uh, man, and I love South Carolina, guys. I got to put this in here before I say this. I love South Carolina, one of my favorite states, spent a lot of time there. 
um, Citadel, everything else about it. Just, I mean, I've got big connections to South Carolina, but man, they're terrible. They're politicians. They're politicians. The conservatives, they all suck. They're a bunch of rhinos and they're just turned out to be horrible. I'm sure there's one or two that are good in there, but at this point I hear South Carolina Republican. I'm like, oh boy, here we go again. So next, uh, we are at war with the salvation of our culture. This thing from James Wood and quite um, possibly our um, nation. So this is interesting right here. So Minnesota, but what happened to Minnesota? Oh man, it's another state that I absolutely love. Matter of fact, like you guys remember like years ago, we talk about, you were talking about where does some of the nicest people in the United States of America live? We would be like Minnesota. They're, they're like a bunch of like American Canadians, you know, just all super nice, awesome people that you just can't help but love. But something's happened to Minnesota and they are gone completely communism. I know, Mary, I love you. You're, you're like a ray of sunshine. You, Devo, Julie are all like a ray of sunshine right now. And uh, in, in Minnesota, so hold that line, guys. Don't leave it because then there'll be nothing good left. So Minnesota professor calls to go as hard as possible to dismantle and decolonize American at a pro-Palestinian event. Um, it's called Lean Into Scaring Them. So University of Minnesota liberal arts professor Melanie Yazi, specializing in liberal arts, go figure, recently spoke at a pro-Palestinian event organized by the Red Nation. I hope you seek to dismantle the United States. This is the goal and the starting point. Decolonization is the only thing that is going to save us and everyone should be on board, no questions asked. So like, if you're a patriot, and I mean like a true patriot, like a person that loves the United States of America, that is willing to do whatever they can to protect the ideologies, the, the God status that created this country, you, you know, then you get arrested for saying anything. Um, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, because there's still some Democrats out there that just act like the JFK Democrats that absolutely love our country still. And they may have bought into this illusion, the hate Trump illusion for a little bit, but a lot of them are starting to come around. And it's not because they like or love Trump. It's because they fear what the Democrat Party is bringing to our country. Um, so a lot of them are starting to come around, but then you still have this. And as a matter of fact, um, and uh, you can, Mary, you can tell me if this is true or not. From what I've read, um, a couple of articles, your state flag is now being changed. So they're changing the Minnesota, the Minnesota state flag, and they are literally incorporating. It looks more like the, Som the Somali flag or something like that um, than it does the actual uh, flag that Minnesota. So it is true. Th this is like crazy. And I've seen pictures of it, but I wanted to verify. Mary just verified it literally looks like um, it looks like um, Elon Omar's original country flag. I believe that was Somalia. So, um, yeah, the Somali flag. So this is just crazy. Um, the cities have become crazy, but it looks like the rest of Minnesota, too. And, it, it's, and it's the same thing that every state deals with, I think. There's probably, like, a lot of really good patriotic people that are there. A lot of them. The problem is is that the majority gather in these cities and that's where all the votes come from. So you got little towns like I live in Kentucky, um, a lot of little towns and everyone's got conservative Christian values and they vote that way. But then you've got your um, couple of cities which harbor the majority of the votes and the majority of the people which will really change, literally change an election the other way. And I believe that's what happened to Minnesota as well and it's sad and I pray for Minnesota. 
I pray for Canada. Guys, I'm so sorry. I mean, I, I know we complain about Biden a lot here on this show because the majority of us here are Americans. But I just need to complain as much about what's happening in Canada with Trudeau, um, what's happening over in England and so forth. Like, it, it's just it's terrible. It's sad. The leaders are absolutely corrupt. And, you know, I'd love to be able to to vote them out. The problem is that they're the ones that are controlling the votes or at least controlling the ones that count the votes. So we never truly know how this ends up turning out. And it's nearly impossible to get rid of the evil people that are actually um, that have been selected, not elected, but selected. And we talked about that, too, around these countries. And, man, I, I literally loathe Trudeau as much as I loathe Biden. And that says a lot because we all know how we feel about Biden. Um. So next, uh, next we have here is that um, this is breaking. So this was uh, right after Christmas. So Ukraine launches attacks against Russia, destroying the Nova Sherkazik, a Russian warship in Crimea. So they're still going with that, um, you know. But you notice they're really not in the mainstream media. They're really not talking about Ukraine any longer. Matter of fact, um, they're really not. Overall, compared to what they were, they're really not talking about what's going on between Palestine and Israel, other than the large amounts of protests that are taking place around our country. As a matter of fact, over the holiday weekend, they were blocking off traffic going into O'Hare Airport in Chicago. Today, they were doing the same thing, but only in New York. So, I mean, you know, as, as far as I know, going out and protesting, part of, well, actually, the main part of protesting is to get other people on board with your cause. Well, guys, this isn't doing a very good job of getting people and and LAX to um, MSM Liars, John says. So this isn't really helping their cause by blocking people from getting to their holiday or from their holiday, missing their airplanes. All it's doing is irritating people. And right now, for the most part, people are being really good because I can promise you there will be a point where people are dragging those people by their hair across the street. And I've seen that in other countries haven't seen it too much in the United States and it's because everyone's afraid to do anything. They're afraid to, to step up. They're afraid to stand up and do something because that whole January 6th, that was the whole reason behind it, was basically to convince the world this was an insurrection um, and more importantly to keep us in fear from stepping out protesting or doing anything that we have the God-given and constitutional right to do which is why we really need to get over that and start doing something. We need to step up. We need to stand up. We need to start protesting because, guys, here are our options. We can get out numbers right now, protest. Maybe some of us get arrested, or we're going to end up going to arms. It's coming. So somebody brought something that was interesting. I didn't think about this to my attention, and, and we had discussed um, last week how they had removed Trump from the ballot um, in, in Colorado. So now, um, I, you know, digging back in the history, the last time they actually did this and had the whole mail-in voting scam was during um, was during uh, Abraham Lincoln's administration. So what happened? What happened after all that went down? A civil war. You know what I'm saying? So exactly, you guys are on top of it, Matt and Have True Patriot. A civil war. So, um, and, and Mary, you can't write in. Matter of fact, uh, that was part of what Colorado did was they made it to where you couldn't even write Trump's name in. So this is the problem we're having now. Last time this happened, we ended up in a civil war and they would be so happy to push this forward through again. And it's going to happen. I can promise you they're either going to 
assassinate Trump, try to assassinate Trump, arrest Trump. They're going to do something that's going to finally put us into that point where we feel like we have nowhere to go, you know? So, and, you know, and it's sad, you know, because great Papa Steve, I, I've thought that too, just don't vote. Um, but then it just makes it even easier for them to cheat. We're, we're kind of in a catch 22 here. It's like, what do we do? You know, we know that our vote won't ultimately count if they're going to cheat, but at the same time, it just makes it easier for them to cheat. So maybe, maybe the idea would be to let them think that we're all going to go out and vote so that they're super cheating and then don't go vote. And then it just proves that they were super cheating because all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow, they had 81 million votes. And somebody said it perfectly. I'm not doubting that, that Biden didn't get 81 million votes. I just doubt that he had 81 million people vote for him. They threw in those extra votes. And uh, exactly, Robin Recovering RN, she says, uh, and that movie called Civil War is a total coincidence. And that movie is supposed to be released towards the beginning of, of uh, 2024. And in my opinion, it's literally a sequel to um, Leave the World Behind, which we talked about a couple of weeks back, which was produced by the Obamas. So wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. So I got to ask you guys this. Let me um, hit the mute real quick. All right. So here's a question to you guys. This, this came from uh, Vivek Ramswamy. Who I don't completely trust, but I still listen to him because he says all the right things, but we've seen this game before. So he says, it's clear that the puppet masters have lost their use for Biden and are slowly sidelining him. But the real trick is who they're propping up instead. It's not Gavin or Big Mike, as I had assumed before. He says it's far more insidious. Open your eyes, folks. It's staring us right in the face. So we all had a conversation, um, family earlier about this. So, okay. So Matt and have my, okay. Cause I'm thinking like, who's more insidious. Like when, you know, once you get to a certain point, we know Obama's insidious. We know there's some pretty evil people, but like big Mike and, and Gavin Newsom, I thought were like the perfect candidates for this, you know, so Matt and have says Obama and, you know, so Obama's already been voted for president twice by, by law. I don't think he can run again. I'm not sure. Um, if, you can't run consecutively or if you could be able to run again. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but would it surprise anybody if they got the rhinos, if they got the um, Congress and Senate to pass a law changing those rules? And plus, yeah, they don't follow the law anyways. And uh, was a, Ed says Hillary. Um, I had thought Hillary as well, um, but to me, she's just too obvious and she's not liked very much. And Mimo says it too, Hillary. Not very much liked. Um, Elon would fall right into that category as well, but I think Vivek Ramswamy is a, a friend and supporter of Elon Musk. That wouldn't fall into what he said. So the question is, what are we looking at? Because I think we can all agree that Biden's not going to be the candidate. And here's the thing. So at this point, um, you've got the people that are running against Biden. You got a couple of them, I think, that have thrown in their hats. So whatever happens, the, the replace, oh, Oprah, there we go. That's a good one too. Oprah, Bill Gates, that crossed my mind. Um, so we know that we got the preliminaries to get through first. So nothing, this, this exchange isn't going to happen. Oh, Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> um, it's not going to happen before the uh, original elections. So basically they're going to have to get through that. They'll end up voting Biden. Um, and it'll have to come after that is when they'll end up making that big move. Um, you know, and it could be Kevin Spacey too. Matter of fact, like Kevin Spacey popped out of nowhere 
and did a um a video interview as the playing his character from the house of cards it was very interesting it was very cryptic i went through i saw that whole thing if it wasn't kevin spacey i would have thought it was an awesome skit but it's kevin spacey and we know what he is um i was a little disappointed with tucker for having him on but then you go through and you read everybody's like idea on it and some people are like i can't believe tucker had him on and then other people are like i don't know i think this is cryptid or a, a, an encrypted you know something to let the anons know everyone's got their opinion on that um i'm staying open oh aoc is aoc even old enough to run for president man they don't care about the rules yeah i don't trust kevin spacey at all dr ninja man i, I like saying that dr ninja man yeah i don't trust kevin spacey at all um you know he's gotten away with a lot and then oddly enough every time he's about to go in court his people that are going that are suing him or going after him for criminal charges end up dead so um yeah the guy's is definitely not one to be trusted so uh what we have next is uh this is interesting someone oh, so the mars mission may be all female to avoid astronauts having sex during a 1.5 year journey interesting you know so why not have an all-male crew why not all why all females um and i promise you there's going to be something going on they just can't get each other you know inseminated during that time but this is like insane because i don't even believe that there's a trip to mars i don't think there is a mars i think it's interdimensional with anything like that so this is just more uh opportunity to get the money yeah exact thank you msm liars for saying that apparently they've never studied prison <laughs> hey and wait a minute if i'm not if i'm not wrong um can't a man claim to be a woman now so how does that work what if they go in as a man and claim to be a woman can the nasa not deny them because of equity i don't know because that seems like the women would still get pregnant on that trip see it's catch 22 everything is everything's a big lie and deception so once again guys swatting swatting um for those of you who don't know what swatting is swatting is when you call the cops on someone that you don't like and you get the cops to go over there with their SWAT team and uh, bust into their home. So it's usually like somebody has a gun to someone's head or somebody's about to kill themselves and the SWAT team goes in and take care of it. But it's basically attempted murder if you, if you look at it this way, because when a SWAT happens, they go in with guns drawn 100% of the time. So, you know, you're, you're dealing with the chance that someone is going to end up getting killed, murdered or something at this point. So when someone calls in a SWAT, it's basically attempted murder and it should be. But the FBI is saying that by the law, they can't go through and look to see who is doing these swattings. So over Christmas, um, Jack Posbyak or Poso, he ended up getting swatted or his family did. They actually called the SWAT on his mom and his dad. Um, Margie Taylor Green got swatted for the eighth time, and there was a couple of other swatting that took place over the holidays. And like I said, the FBI is digging in all of our stuff, like constantly, and uh, it's not against the law. But apparently, they can't go in and look at nine one one records to find out who called in a fake SWAT to find out, you know, who who is doing this. This, this crazy, this two tier justice system is absolutely insane. And eventually, we're going to be talking about a SWAT that went wrong. We're going to end up seeing a swatting where someone was actually killed, murdered, and we'll see how that goes. They probably won't even mention it anywhere on the news. That's how it'll go. Um, so any Republican politician 
that lends credence to Seth Rich. This came from Adam Kenzinger. So for those of you who don't know who Seth Rich is, Seth Rich is the, um, he was one of the assistants, the aides that worked for the Democrat Party um, right before the WikiLeaks was dropped. And the one that they blamed uh, on Julian Assange and Russia, 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 Russia. So he was a DNC leader. Um, it's basically, Kinzinger said, any Republican politician that lends credence to Seth Rich conspiracy is knowingly lying. We were briefed as to how Russia got the DMC emails if they bother to care. But there's always a victim narrative to profit from. Weaklings. Man, kettle black, huh? This is crazy. This is exactly what they do. They play victim on absolutely everything. And this right here is just another example. He, he don't think for a second that he doesn't know that they're lying. And then I have to question, where did all that Seth Rich stuff go? You guys remember that? This was like, what, two or three weeks ago on a Thursday. By law, they had to release the computer, the drives, like everything. And I never heard from it again. And then these idiots go on vacation. Look, you know, if if you're on vacation during and, and you uh, are, you know, you work for the, the, the county doing electrical work during a hurricane, are they going to call you back? Absolutely, because it's important. We need to take care of business. Well, in my opinion, the, the Senate, the Congress is the same thing. Guys, look, there's work to be done. There's work to be done. So get up, do what you need to do, get back to work and make things happen. Quit taking these long vacations where we're sitting here in limbo. So, um, so they, I get Mima says they got an extension on that, but I also know that come January 1st, they're supposed to be releasing the Epstein flight logs. So, um, so Mama Grits has the same thing delayed until January. Okay. So there's going to be a whole lot coming out at one time. So that's probably why they delayed this because people don't have the attention span to keep up with everything that's going on. So watch they release both of them at one time. And then you'll hear about one and not the other. And they probably did that because that's less incriminating than the Epstein flight logs, which I'm going to be focused on hundred percent along with the Seth Rich thing. So yeah, exactly. Matt and heavy, it's going to be a storm. The storm's coming. It's coming. So guys, arm up, get your food. Trust me, nothing's off the limits. They are going to be wolves backed in a corner here at some point this year. Um, and don't put it past them to shut off electricity, to shut off communication, um, to shut off food sources, which they're already trying to do. They're trying to say that the biggest threat to our climate are farmers. Hey guys, who needs to eat as long as we've got blue skies? Uh, these people, man. It's amazing. I know, like I said, I'm not even as mad as the people that are pushing this through as I am upset with the people that are still buying into this stuff. So, um, Wade Remington says shut off their tunnels. Well, here's my question. Um, in the last couple of days, I've read articles about, uh, Zuckerberg who was building an underground bunker to his place. And then the Biden's got permission to do the same just recently. And don't think for a second that this isn't already in the works. They're just publicly saying now they got permission to do it. But trust me, they were already building this thing. So I'll ask you, brings you to the next question. What are they expecting? What are they expecting to where they've got to go underground? I'll tell you what, they're probably expecting at the very least a civil war. Um, they probably some crazy like red planet going to bash into us, uh, pull, pull shifts, who knows, man, but they know something it's, it's unbelievable. But they're just gonna leave us up here to die, to fight each other, die while they're underground, eating their their um, underground food with their underground light source and all this neat stuff while we're up here dying. They're hiding. 
But they better not pop their heads back up because I'll be playing whack-a-mole with some elites, which I'll be doing with Blue Helmets at some point as well. So I love this one right here. This came from Antonio Sabato Jr., actor. He says, I was at the mall yesterday, and I walked into the bookstore. I asked if they had Trump's new book on how to deport illegal immigrants. The clerk said, get the F out of here and don't come back. And his reply was, yes, that's the one I'm looking for. Do you have it in paperback? I love the ones that make me laugh every now and then. Um, so here we go, guys. This is Canada first, um, and this is going to be America. It's coming. So I'm going to play this little clip for you quick. It's like two minutes and 47 seconds. But universal basic income coming to Canada. Canada hits the loot the treasury stage, set to hand everybody $2,000 per month, whether they work or not. So they're kind of doing that to the immigrants. But what they're doing is they're getting us to the point where we are 100% relying on our government. The government's biggest fear is us being self-reliant, self-sufficient, taking care of ourselves, taking care of our families, growing food, and so forth. So what do they do? I'm going to say this before I play this clip. They try to poison our skies, go after farmers, make it illegal to gather water, you know, all those little things that we can do ourselves at home to take care of our family in case poo hits the fan. You know, we can be prepared. But they're not going to allow that to happen. They want us to be completely reliant on them. And right now, the biggest, the big thing, you know, what do we have? We have the ability to, to go hunting, right? To bring food home out of the wilderness, you know, like our, our forefathers did. Like everyone's been doing since the beginning of history, hunting. So right now, there's a big push. 32 states are going through, and I can't remember the exact name of it. I'm sure one of you know. But they're, they're calling it like deer zombie virus or something. So the deers are acting like zombies and... If you eat them, then you'll get sick and turn into a zombie too. I don't know if that works that way, but I know they're at least telling you're going to get sick. Why are they doing this? Because they don't want you to be able to take care of your own family. So at the very least, they'll scare you out. Um, it's, it is all a farce. And the thing is, is you can tell definitely immediately that it's all a farce when you go through and look at the 32 states they mentioned. And every one of them are states where hunting is really big. I'm talking like Michigan, Kentucky, you know, the hunting states. Montana, um, Wisconsin. Yeah. All of these ones are the ones that are having this thing. So ironically, like I said, it's all the places that people love to hunt. Many of them have a deer hunting holiday. Michigan's one of those great examples. Michigan has a deer hunting holiday where they'll literally let you off work for a weekend at the beginning of the, or uh, the beginning of hunting season. So what do they do? They're going to keep you from going hunting by telling you that anything you hunt is going to kill you. Um, so I'm going to play this clip real quick, and this is about Canada right here, um, installing the universal basic income. Everyone gets free money. Yay. Universal basic income is coming to Canada. Will the U.S. be next? I've been warning of a UBI, universal basic income, for a while now, since that is where we are in the fall of Rome sequence. Recently, Canada's left-wing liberals proposed just such a scheme, dubbed the, quote, guaranteed livable basic income. Lest one think it's just the liberals who've gone mad, Canada's Conservative Party deputy leader then spoke warmly of it, saying conservatives should, quote, own it. So, in all likelihood, it's coming. First off, what is a UBI? The idea is to give everybody just enough to get by whether or not they work. A typical number might be $1,000 per month. Supporters claim people will still work, which is hilarious. More on that in a moment. And many conservatives, such as the deputy leader, have been suckered with promises that it will replace the existing welfare state. 
Which, of course, is a lie. New welfare schemes are often sold that way, including the EITC here in the U.S., which was sold as a negative income tax. That would replace welfare as we know it. But, of course, that never happened. The extra trillions just went on top because it turns out that handing free money is like salting a soup. It's easy to add. It's very, very hard to take away. Beyond the bait and switch, why is a UBI so bad? Partly because the cost is raid the treasury level, so perhaps $3 trillion per year in the U.S., but mostly because it would radically expand our growing army of permanently unemployed couch-surfing parasites who do little work beyond voting for more welfare. To see why, consider two similar phenomena today, unemployment benefits and pensions. A few years ago, the New York Times put out a major time-use survey finding that while full-time workers spend five hours a day at work, unemployed people on benefits spend just 30 minutes a day looking for work. So how do they spend the other four and a half hours? Watching TV, napping, surfing the internet, playing games, and hanging out with their girlfriend. So that's a 90% drop in work. So this is literally where the world's going right now. And it's like one of the most smart, I got to give them credit, guys. It's evil. I hate everything about it, but these guys aren't dumb. How do you get people on board with tyranny and evil? You make them poor. You make them hungry. You make them rely on the government, and then you give them free stuff. You know, because I always ask myself, like, you know, when people, when you read in scripture, especially about the mark of the beast and what that entails, and I'm like, why would anybody take that? You know what I'm saying? Knowing what we know, knowing it's literally written in scripture, why would anybody go out of their way and take the mark of the beast? Well, we see how. Basically, you'll form a universal basic income and then be like, oh, well, guess what, guys? You can't get this anymore unless you go on the digital system. Oh, well, the digital system is no longer good unless you take a mark or a little chip inside of you because people are going to steal your phone and your information. People were going to follow that. They're going to take that chip then they'll even do this. They'll even be like, and, you know, on top of the basic income, we're going to go ahead and give everybody in the country $100,000 into their bank account, which is all fake money anyways, um, literally to lure people in. And I'll tell you guys, and I know you're all right here with me, I don't care how tough times get. There's two things that you can guarantee you that I will not do. First and foremost, I will never turn my back on God. If it means getting my head chopped off or... Um, people sticking bamboo under my fingernails, not going to turn on God. You're going to have to kill me. You're going to have to torture me. Sorry, not going to happen. I will never turn my on my faith. Number two, I will never become part of this digital system. No matter how times get rough, you know, I will figure out God. Look, if you have God is about faith, We're, you know, being a, a good follower of Christ, it's all about faith. So if you have faith in the Lord Almighty, if you have true faith in Christ, then you also have faith that Christ and God will take care of you till the end. That means they will give you shelter. They will give you food. They will give you water. It, you, you may not be eating filet mignon. It may be a peanut butter jelly sandwich every couple of days. It doesn't matter because God didn't tell you what kind of nourishment he was going to give you. He's promised you that he would take care of you and give you nourishment. And like I said, guys, I know, I, I, PB&J, that's mm, like, to me, that's gold. It's like, that's better than a filet mignon. Um, but hey, that's one thing that'll be hard for me to give up. But I will give up peanut butter. I will give up peanut butter. That means join, not having to join that system. And peanut butter went with the digital system. 
I will give up peanut butter. I know I'm hungry too, Terry Lynn. I just talked myself into a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But yeah, universal basic income is coming to a country near you. Canada, guys, I love you with all my heart. I am so sorry. I, matter of fact, I'd never, I know Canada and America are different countries, but I was, my heart, I was hoping one day we would just be one big giant country. Just share everything together. Because I mean, I don't know many, I've never, I haven't met too many Canadians that I didn't like. Um, sadly, there's a lot of crazy liberals up there, just like there are here. I just have been fortunate enough not to meet them. But I love my Canadian family and friends that are up there, and we got your back 100%. Like I said, this isn't about um, our country anymore. Exactly. It's all North America. This isn't about our country any longer, guys. This is about the world. And everyone, every patriot, everyone that's all around here, we got your back. You know, we, we are in this together 100%. We are the warriors of God. That connects us all together no matter what country we were born in. Like I said, guys, we are here for one another. We need to stand behind one another. Um, this is how we're going to get through this, through, through God's leading. Um, so, oh, my goodness, it just gets crazier, guys. So um, I don't know what your your uh, phone plan is, and I'm sure it's not going to stop at this, but right now it is T-Mobile. So T-Mobile has quietly updated their TOS to include fines for content that they do not agree with. Beginning on January 1st, 2024, they will be fining users who commit perceived violations on their bandwidth 500 bucks. That's right, guys. So if you were owning T-Mobile and one day you're like, man, I really got to send, uh, I really got to send Joseph a, a, a text and, and tell him what's going on in the world and how badly the Democrats are behaving. Well, if T-Mobile gets a hold of that, they're going to charge you $500 for that. Or if you use your phone to get online and, and you, you put something on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. Yeah, of course. I've, I've heard the same thing, Mary, that they, they're denying it, but it's literally in their plan. So they can deny it all they want to. They just know that if people actually find this out, they're going to start ditching them with a quickness. But I can promise you it ain't going to stop at T-Mobile. It's going to go to Verizon next. Exactly. Um, switch to Patriot Mobile. Matt and Hev says uh, that's what Nathan uses, Patriot Mobile. Um, there are other options out there. And guys, don't fall for the Elon Musk X phone thing either because I promise you that's not going to be any different. Um, but yeah, it's going to happen to every line at some point. Um, and like I said, because because they know how it is. How many times have you guys you know said, um, here are the updates you know, check to see if you agree. How many people have you actually go through those things and read them? You know, they count on you not going through and reading because it's the most boring stuff ever. It's like a thousand pages long. No one has the time to read it or else they're not getting anything else done today. It's, it's like a gigantic, it's like an encyclopedia of, of information. Most people don't read those things. They just click agree and you basically agree to their plan and they know this which is why the bane of their existence is literally somebody that took the time to read this stuff and expose it to everybody. I remember when they were trying to tell me about the uh, zombie guidelines and the Amazon, um, you know, terms and services. And I'm like, no way. So I actually went through and read that thing. And sure enough, there are literally zombie guidelines saying that you can't get your money back on certain products. If there's a zombie pandemic, it, it's crazy that they put this right in the middle of their terms and conditions you know, part of me is like, you know what, if, if they had given me the job of writing the terms and services, I would totally be the guy that would throw something crazy like that right in the middle just to see if you are reading. So it could be just that. Um, 
or it could be more nefarious than that. We already know that the CDC itself literally had a uh, zombie preparedness um, thing on their website, which they have removed. It used to be a whole lot of information. Um, so many people caught on to it that they actually ended up removing it. Now there's just like one little comic book looking thing that's still there, but it does still exist in our CDC um, website, which literally tells you how to prepare in a zombie pandemic. So apparently there's a new, new, new illness out there. And I've actually heard people complaining about this. Um, you know, so I know that there's at least something going around with like an extremely heavy cough, a fluid in the lungs kind of thing. Um, lots of things do that. I don't know how severe this is or how big it is, but this guy right here actually goes through and tells you about the remedies of what you can take before to keep you from getting it. Zinc, zinc, zinc guys. Go to the store, buy your zinc. Zinc's one of the greatest things that you can have. Um, matter of fact, I'd recommend stocking up on it because, you know, if you don't have, you can't get a hold of antibiotics or certain things like that. Um, silver colloidal zinc. Those two are awesome. Echinacea is really, really good. Um, you can start growing, uh, you can grow echinacea, but stock up on this stuff as much as possible. Um, so this guy right here is going to tell you about a couple of things about this little thing that's going around as well as some of the cures that you can take if you have it. Hold that scroll. If you haven't caught it, you're probably going to. We're dealing with one hell of a lung virus here in the United States and over in the UK. They're literally calling it the 30-day cough over there, and it is no joke. It presents in the sinuses and quickly moves to the lungs, causing all kinds of problems. I've had clients with coughs so intense, they've ripped the cartilage in between their rib cage. Mucus buildup so substantial in the lungs, they've had to go in the ER and have it pumped out. Now, I'm not trying to freak you out. I'm just trying to give you an idea of how intense this virus is. So you're on top of it. If you start feeling sick, you get the chills, hit yourself with some zinc. If you've been unfortunate enough to already catch the virus and you're dealing with the side effects, I got you. So we're dealing with a mucus buildup in the body that we're not able to break down and get out. We're looking at an enzyme called bromelain, naturally found in pineapples. You can get a supplement, now's a great brand, four to 600 milligrams every two hours, all right? Back to the source, pineapples, all right? I got a smoothie that's gonna help with the cough, the throat, the stomach, and the inflammation. One pineapple peel, core included. One lemon peeled with as much white left on it as possible. One quarter teaspoon of black pepper, which is gonna activate the half a teaspoon of turmeric, a half a teaspoon of cayenne pepper, two inches of ginger, and a pinch of salt. Blend it all up. Serving size is about a half a cup. Chew it up, swish it up, whatever you need to do to make it warm before you swallow it, throw it in the fridge and consume within 24 hours. All right, folks, this should help mitigate a lot of the side effects and help pull your immune system through this. All right, like, follow, repost. Have a wonderful day. You know, and I agree with the uh, flight work, Mary, there's no point in worrying about this guys. They have done this so many times and God gives us an immune system. Um, I just wanted you guys to hear what you can take, uh, you know, inhalant spread. True says hydrogen, hydrogen peroxide, um, you know, mullen, uh, zinc, like these are all things that, you know, you take your vitamins every single day, your chances decrease of you actually getting this. I didn't play this to scare anybody whatsoever. I just wanted you guys to hear the remedy because just like when we get the flu, um, we, we, we know how to take care of it. So this one right here, pineapple, lemon juice. I mean, these are things that we can all get. And it is more than likely just another sigh out, great Papa Steve. Um, more than likely is, like I said, the only reason I wanted to play that was so that you guys could hear the remedy. So if you do start getting a cough or something like that, there you go. Um, you know, uh, Recovering Robin says, uh, um, 
oregano oil, oregano oil, um, which I take, uh, I, I eat a lot of oregano, um, honey, uh, turmeric, ginger, lemon, cayenne pepper. These are all things that you can grow in your own backyard. Um, you know, I even, uh, will take, uh, tarragon and, um, put it in a rice wine vinegar, something like that. And you cook it over the stove. You guys want to open up your sinuses and get rid of stuff really quick. That's the way to do it. Um, other than that, remember guys, I will vouch for mullen over and over again. Cause if you guys remember when I got back from Bards Fest, um, I couldn't hear for like three weeks. I, there was like three weeks down two or three weeks without a show. Cause I couldn't hear anything. Once I started taking, um, the, uh, mullen, it cleared up within a couple of days. So get yourself some good, strong mullen. Um, and the great thing about mullen is you just go online and look at what the leaf looks like. It grows everywhere. Um, you know, another thing too, uh, Mary brings it up, uh, quercetin. So if you guys, um, you can get quercetin at most health food stores. I don't think you can get it at, at you know, your local places. Um, but you can get quercetin at most of the health stores, but you don't have to go to a health store to get quercetin. Eat onions. I know if you don't like onions, like my mother's not a big fan of raw onions, um, but she will eat sauteed onions and sauteing, just like cooking uh, garlic and stuff like that, releases a lot of its uh, healing properties as well. So if you don't can't get a hold of some quercetin, go for onions. Exactly, um, Robin, garlic. You know these are things that they're just. There's a reason that you know they they push these things against vampires and stuff like that. They've got healing properties. There's always truth to every um, every tale that they've told in history. Garlic is awesome. Onions is awesome and will give you a good uh, immune system. Um, what is that? Mercola? Is that what you said? DW sprinklers. Um, like I said, there's a lot of, of other onions on peanut butter. Don't think for a second they're great Papa Steve that I will not try that. <laughs> I will take anything with peanut butter. Um, no question. So next, uh, breaking. Georgia's Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger refuses to testify under oath regarding Dominion voting machines and allegedly will not get around to installing Dominion security patches until after the 2024 presidential election. Man, big shocker. All these guys pretending to be Republicans that turn out to be anything but that. And once again, why we've got a year. We have a full year um, or just under a year before we get into that major election. So why not spend this time putting those patches in? Why wait until after the 2024 presidential election? And then once again, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, why are you refusing to testify under oath about the Dominion voting machines? You got something to hide? Well, we know the answer to that. Um, next, uh, the best explanation that you're going to hear today on everything that you are seeing. So have the means to influence actions, create a problem, present a solution, that you already conveniently had sitting there waiting. This is our government's big move. So I'm gonna play this little uh, minute clip right here. I'm going to simplify another conspiracy for you once again. Okay, so let's say you're BlackRock. You're in control of 40% of the investable assets globally. You're heavily invested in literally every aspect of life. The food industry, medical industry, weapon industry, transportation, the media, everything. By the way, this isn't a conspiracy. This is public data that anyone can find. So once you have all this power, you need to increase demand in order to keep the economy going. What are you gonna do? Well, you're gonna create a crisis because you cannot have a $90 billion weapon industry without a war. You cannot have demand for green energy 
without a climate crisis. You cannot sell a vaccine without a pandemic. And you cannot create media traffic without drama. It's an entire ecosystem controlled from the upper class. And it's no coincidence we're in a perpetual state of crisis. It's crazy. That guy's a Mennonite. And he knows more about what's happening in this world than a lot of the people that are completely like blind and refuse to know the truth. He had it down 100%. Exactly, Jay Wu. We need another vaccination. And Wade Remington regarding the uh, the Georgia Secretary of State, um, you know, how is that not an admission of guilt? To me, it's 100% an admission of guilt. And like I said, it, it's they just they get away with everything. That's the problem that we've got. I mean, even Freeman or Freed or whatever her name was, the the lady that was literally caught on video stuffing ballots and repeating the same ballots over and over again on video. We saw it with our own eyes. Ended up winning her suit against Giuliani, who owes her like $97 million, some ridiculous amount of money right now. That's our system right here. I love this this little meme right here. Um, it's a, a gay person saying, love is love. Why don't you support us? And this other guy going, water is water. Why don't you drink from the toilet? Um, yeah, pretty good response. Um, next we have, this is very interesting video that this was retweeted by Trump and this is, uh, Devin Nunes talking right here. Listen to this thing there that I wanted to follow up on. You mentioned Joe Biden. You think Joe Biden would be the nominee for the Democrats uh, for presidency. Uh, what do you base that on, sir? Do you, do you sense that the Democrats are sort of, uh, circling the wagons, uh, attempting maybe to do an intervention here? Is the weakness that we see in the Democrats coming from the president or is it coming from the bottom up? How is this playing out, sir? Why do you make that forecast? Well, what, what I've said is that I just think it's highly unlikely Biden's going to be the nominee. Now, you know this because you're in Washington, John, and I, and I, from my experience there, Team Obama is the one that's been running the Biden White House. And I think that the giveaway here is that the night before Biden I mean, because we could go on the whole show about this. I could talk about just this very issue. But the giveaway is this. The night before Biden uh, runs, Susan Rice, who's the domestic policy advisor, one of Obama's top lieutenants, she was running the White House. She exits stage left in the middle of the night. She's gone. So that tells me that clearly she was not on board for another Biden administration. I think what they were trying to do, cut a deal for the kid with that phony gun charge that they tried to do in Delaware, go to Biden and say, look, we got your kid off. It's time for you to get the hell out. He didn't. And I think that's the problem here. Obama can't control Biden and Biden's wife because at the end of the day, Biden controls that important title, the presidency. So now you've gotten full blown. David Axelrod, Obama's political guy, is out there basically saying, you know, we're not going to win with Biden. So that is a clear sign that they want Biden out. Uh, the polls clearly show it. Um, I think they would have preferred because they have a Kamala Harris problem. I think they would have preferred to have a, a primary with three or four candidates in it because they don't want Kamala Harris either. So I think where we're headed here is, is to a, the Democratic Party is headed to a disaster uh, next year at their convention if Biden can make it through because of just the health issues, not to mention the final straw that would break the camel's back would be does Obama want to unleash the Department of Justice that he controls, his people control it. They're the ones that are chasing Trump around, uh, filing, you know, orchestrating all of these phony uh, uh, lawsuits and phony charges. See, everybody knows that Biden's not going to be running. Everybody knows that um, Obama is the one who is really running this administration. But that's another one, too, is um, 
Susan Rice could be that one that we were talking about earlier, the replacement. I had forgotten all about her, and she's pretty insidious. I think she falls right into that category, as well as the other woman. And I can't recall her name right now. I'm sure someone in here knows who I'm talking about. There was another woman that looks like she's had like plastic surgery on top of plastic surgery on top of plastic surgery that was like kind of like Obama's right hand woman that I'm pretty sure used to be a man, his best friend when he was living over in the middle when Obama was living over in the Middle East. Um yeah, it's not Madonna. Valerie Jarrett. Thank you, Mimo. You're always there for me. Valerie Jarrett. That is who I'm talking about. And she she does remind me a little bit. Matter of fact, her and Madonna have a lot of similarities right now. Um, but yes, Valerie Jarrett, she's like, she's evil. Like, I literally think that she was running the show over Obama. That's just my theory that Obama, that she was like Obama's handler. Um, yeah, Michael Robinson isn't going to be the replacement. Um, Vivek Goswami um, was, was basically saying that it won't be Big Mike. It won't be Newsom. Somebody much more insidious is the way he was talking about. Now, Matt and have Adam Schiff had crossed my, had crossed my mind, but he's unlikable. Um, the Democrats don't even pretend to really like that guy. The elites do, but not your typical average Democrat voter. Um, so it's not going to be Schiff, but definitely Valerie Jarrett, and Susan Rice are definitely two of the candidates that it could be because they're women. They cover the, the black woman part. So they're basically meeting their equity standards. Um, and they're both evil. They're like Satan spawns hundred percent. Um, next is, uh, I, I love this one right here. This is, uh, from his glory. Um, his glory is awesome. I've worked with them, um, at multiple events that I've been, the guys are absolutely great. Um, he said he brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death. And broke their chains in pieces. Psalms 107 14. Um, there's like my certain go-tos that always have like the great ones. See, John Podesta, man. There we go. Um, I don't think it'll be Joe Manson, because Joe Manson's like bad, but I wouldn't put him in insidious. But Joe John Podesta, yeah, you know, he's insidious like Satan's insidious. He falls perfectly into that category. Um, so next uh Trump's VP, Tucker Carlson, sounds alarm over new possible picks. So there's been rumors running around that Nikki Haley is going to be considered as Trump's uh, vice presidential pick. And I don't see that happening. Matter of fact, uh, from what I was reading, the majority of the people that, that Trump has merely, you know, asked a question. But we know how Trump plays that game. Um, that Trump's uh, VP pick could be Nikki Haley. It ain't going to happen, guys. It's not going to happen. Because people were given an interview you know, asking Republicans, like, if Trump was to pick Nikki Haley, would you still vote for Trump? And it was like 99% were like, hell no, not going to happen. Now, Ben Carson, Matt and Hev, I would vote for, um, I would vote for Ben Carson in general, but I would certainly 100% support uh, VP run with uh, Ben Carlson as a Trump sidekick and VP. Now, Tucker has also been the rumors throwing around that he would be considerate, but uh, Tucker said that he's really got no interest, that he's honored, but he has no interest in going into politics. Um, we'll see how that works. I don't know how many times I've ever heard that before. Um, Ed, exactly. Bongino would be, would be great. I would love to see him, but I'll be honest with you. I would rather see Bongino um, as head of the FBI, you know, because when, Trump, when Trump gets back in, there's going to be a big overhaul. Um, over all of our three letters, over everything. And I think Bongino would be perfect to head up um, at least one of those three-letter agencies. Kash Patel 
Um, I think he he would be better equipped for um, Trump in other spots, you know, one of his secretaries or something or whatever. Um, I think that Cash Patel would be a good candidate down the road as a VP. I don't think he's ready for that yet, but he's a super smart guy, and I would certainly trust him having a major role somewhere in this administration. Um, yeah, and and uh, Robin Recovering says uh, Bongino had cancer, fought, and then he got the shots. But one thing that I will give Bongino credit for um, is he came out afterwards literally openly saying how he regrets not much more than getting those shots. So at least, uh, you know, he did come out where a lot of people just kind of hope that it gets swept under the rug and they have to talk about it again. Yeah, he is adamantly against those shots. And Mama Griff, Jim Conley. I would, I would vote Jim Conley as vice president. Oh, no question. That'd be awesome, man. Can you imagine that? Just I would look forward to Jim Conley's speeches at the podium. And speaking of Jim Conley, I um, had a nice long talk with him earlier. And uh, he's getting, he, you know, the holidays were rough. You know, his son passed away. Um, it's always the toughest to have the first holiday, the first couple of holidays, having lost somebody that's really close to you, especially a child. So, you know, he did well considering, had his ups and his downs. Um, but he will be back on with this uh, at least uh, once or twice a week um, coming up here in the next couple of weeks as well. We had a good conversation about that as well. And I know you guys love our back and forth. It's going to be nice to get him back on. So uh, he certainly sends his love. Um, I'm also going to be working with him because we're going to try to set him up. I mean, because he has to have some income coming in. So we're going to work on setting him up on a rumble, um, carrying on his show as is. Um, but rumble um, you know, allows you to, uh, do a, a monthly subscription. And he brought up a good point, you know, cause a lot of people are, are kind and loving and they hand over the pod points here. Um, but he's like over at rumble rather than the 10 cents, rather than the uh, podcast are getting 10 cents to the dollar, they get like 95% of the monthly fee. So we're going to, um, soup him up. We're going to Definitely get him advertised on this show once he gets that going. I'm going to work with him. I'm going to teach him how to use OBS so we can start doing video. So he'll be doing video over on uh, Rumble, um, possibly Facebook, and a couple of those ones. And I believe he's still going to be um, pushing through here on Podbean. The great thing about Podbean is it's its own server. So when we go into Podbean, we log into Podbean, we can play it out. Um, we can use OBS to push it to the video things. Um, so you, it's not a problem to be able to push um, both out at one time. So he's excited. He's ready to get up. He just, he comes back and then he needs to take a little break again. And that's completely understandable. He's got a lot of going on in his life, guys. So keep our brother in your prayers as always. Same with Jeff, um, same with his family and so forth. Anyone that needs those prayers, um, he'll be back up and going like full force here soon enough. And like I said, it'll be more than just Bob being in. I'm going to literally spend um, days on Zoom with him, teaching him how to use OBS. I'm going to set it up for him. I'm going to make his intros. I'm going to make his graphics, teach him how to use that. So it's going to be a pretty awesome professional show, and we will keep you updated on that. I'm sure he will, but I definitely will here as well. So next, uh, Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson begs Biden for help with migrant crisis. Now, here's the kicker, guys. And it's the same thing. It's not just this idiot. It's all the idiot Democrat mayors. The sanctuary cities, they were like, we're a sanctuary city. We accept these immigrants. Well, here's the deal, guys. All they're doing is asking for financial help. If you really cared about the situation, this is what you would be doing. 
You'd be asking them to fix the problem at the border, not asking them to send you money. These guys are all a bunch of fools, and they act like we care. This this is becoming a hindrance to our great city. Quit asking for money. Fix the problem. You won't need the money. Done deal. We've got Blinken. Um, we've got a uh, um, Mayorkas down in Mexico right now trying to work a deal with them dealing with the border, but they know that they they, they went there knowing nothing was going to be taken care of. The government in Mexico gets paid so much by the cartels. They're going to be like, well, you can either, you have to give us more than the cartels are giving us. There's no hope. They're, they're not going to fix any of those problems. Matter of fact, they're probably telling them this is where you need to go in order to get into our country. Cause one of the biggest caravans we've ever talked about is coming up here right now. Um, I'm talking like, like 20, 10 to, I think it's like 15 to 20,000 people all in one little thing going to be coming through basically on one given day. Um, we got to fix the problem. No more Band-Aids. No more Band-Aids. We need to fix it. And this is going to be a big shocker to all of you. I'm sure a big shocker. The founder of the group behind the lawsuit removing President Trump from the Colorado battle reveals their largest donor is, guess what? I don't even need to say it. I guarantee people are going to be popping that answer right in there. George Soros. Yes, George Soros was the one that was behind all this. And the lady who was pushing this whole thing that was really behind it is a... Uh, one of um, Biden's old advisors, I mean, and a huge Biden supporter. So once again, is this a fair system? Anything but, anything but. Um, so I'm going to call it with the news tonight. There's so much of it. We'll get back into that tomorrow. Um, MSN Liars will be on with us tomorrow, and we'll go over some news and have another great conversation. Um, like I said, the news just keeps on coming in, guys, and we'll bring it to you bit by bit. But what's more important? Then what's going on in the world, what's happening in heaven, what God planned on doing. That's right. Christ, our father, is the most important thing we can discuss. Jesus, exactly, Jay Wu. So we're going to talk about um, what I've lined up, 50 popular Bible verses and significant scriptures that we all need to kind of look into and read. So an inspirational Bible verse can truly provide comfort and wisdom, whether you're going through tough times or not. They're inspirational. And as you guys know, um, it's no different than when you're having a really tough day. Um, there's always someone in the vineyard or, or one of the many other places out there that we speak to our family where they're just throwing in that perfect Bible verse. And it's amazing. God does it. God's like, I need you to put this Bible verse in one of these many platforms so somebody can see it. And he knows who the intended recipient is, but that's the beauty of God is he's always working through all of us in order to help others that are part of this great family and the family around the world. So no matter what is taking place in your life right now, your Christian faith can often save you, and it always will. Um, while that faith is always inside of you, an encouraging scripture can also remind you of the power of God, that he's always there for you, and he's always on our side. So there are um, 30,000 verses to read in the Bible, plus um, and that's far too many to include in this particular subject. So I've got some that I pulled out just for today. First, I'm going to read you Acts 1.8. So rather, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And that's Acts 1.8. So the good news is it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter who you are. You will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with this always, all around this world, all at one time, and he's fixing and working in every one of our lives simultaneously. It's the beauty of God is it doesn't matter. He doesn't have to be like, 
here. Can, uh, Mr. Duncan, can you um, do me a favor? And can I can I pencil you in for one o'clock on Tuesday? No, God doesn't do that. God takes care of everything right here, right there, with every one of us at all times. Second, First Corinthians ten thirteen. No temptation has seized you that is common for people, but God is faithful. He won't allow you to be tempted beyond your abilities. Instead, with tem- the temptation, God will also supply a way out so that you will be able to endure it. And God, he, he does, he puts these tests and tribulations, these trials into our lives, which ultimately end up making us stronger Christians, better Christians, better people in general. Like I said, you know, like Jeff said, God's not a genie. You don't ask God for things. He's like, there you are. No, God gives you the ability to earn these things, to learn these things. Because when you're given something, you don't have as much appreciate for something than if you end up having to earn it. So what does God do if you ask for courage or strength? He puts something in your life that allows you to endure, to build up that courage, to build up that strength. Therefore, you appreciate it longer, forever, and you never forget what was put into your life at that moment in order to get what you asked for. So when you pray for something, don't ever expect it to be exactly what you pray for. God will give you what you need. He will give you what you pray for, but it's not going to be necessarily in the way that you expect. But that's the beauty of God is he gives us the opportunity to teach, to learn, and to become better to where we appreciate it. We don't take it all for granted. So great news is that God knows about the challenges that his believers face And he is committed to providing you support every moment of every single day. So the next one is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love is patient. Love is kind. It isn't jealous. It doesn't brag. It isn't arrogant. It isn't rude. It doesn't seek its own advantage. It isn't irritable. It doesn't keep a record of complaints. It isn't happy with injustice, but it is happy with the truth. Love puts up with all things, trust in all things, hope for all things, and endures all things. So the good news here is that you've heard this plenty at weddings. It means that love is powerful, selfless, and can transform you into a better person. And there's so many different types of love. Next one I'm going to do is Ephesians 2, 9. It's not something that you did that you can be proud of. Um, The good news is that humility and reliance is present in your faith. You don't have to earn it. God wants you to be a a humble person. He wants you to embrace humility, um, and he wants you to rely on him. God wants us to rely on him. It's not an inconvenience, and I I hear a lot of people like, well, you know, there's better things to pray for, or I'd rather pray for someone else and pray for myself. God wants you to pray. He wants you to pray for others. He wants you to pray for yourself. He wants you to rely to him. And the greatest way to show God is besides doing the work and the things that he asks you to do is to prayer, to pray. And then to thank God when that prayer is answered, because God is the one that's responsible for all, everything that happens in your life. Always. Next is Ephesians 2.10. Instead, we are God's accomplishment created in Christ Jesus to do good things. God planned for these good things to be the way that, um, the way that we live our lives. So with active faith means that you'll be saved for your good work, not by your good work itself. Salvation is a gift from God. And to get that salvation is accepting Christ into your heart. So once again, you know, I hear a lot of people, because I I always say, you know, I I want to, I've accepted God into my heart, but I also want to earn my way. You know, I want to do things that makes God happy, you know, so I'm not just getting a free ride. Well, that's the thing is that 
with active faith means that you'll be saved for your good work, um, not your good works themselves. So by having that relationship with God, the moment you accept Christ into your heart and you start doing Christ-like things, you're naturally going to do good works. And that's the beauty of having that relationship with doing good things isn't going to get you to the relationship with God. But having that relationship with God and Christ is going to automatically have you doing good things because you try not to do bad things once you get God into your heart, once you've been baptized, once you um, start holding that line and repenting. Like I said, you naturally start doing good work. It's because you want to. Just like we want to please our mom and our pop, we want to please, we want to please God. Next is Genesis one twenty six. Then God said, let us make humanity and our image to resemble us so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and all the crawling things on earth. Humans were made to resemble God, which is also means that we were born with dignity, value, and responsibility. Like I said, we weren't just created to look as God looks. We were created to be as God is, and that's loving. That is you know, rejoiceful, mercy, grace, um, and not judging, but judgment as the point is to point out what others are doing wrong, not in a negative evil, like, oh, you're doing everything wrong kind of way, but in a, listen, I want to help you find the salvation kind of way. Next, I'm doing Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we don't see. So being faithful means that you also have trust and confidence in the things that you don't see. It's hope. And that's the beauty too, is that, you know, all that we believe relies on faith. You know, it'd be easy for us to believe in something that we see, but there's a lot more power in having belief in something that you can feel and not see. And that's the thing is that God could have shown us his face anytime that he wanted to. He's God. But instead, he wants us to rely on faith. He wants us to stand by our convictions, to believe in something that we haven't necessarily seen, which becomes even more powerful in our lives in the long run. Because not only do we have faith in God, we have faith in what God produces to us. So Jesus, oh, excuse me. Um, so that's the key right there is just having that faith, living in faith, becoming more and more faithful all the time. And then, like I said, your faith grows more and more along with that. Um, next, I'm going to do Isaiah 41.10. Don't fear because I am with you. Don't be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will surely help you. I will hold you with my righteous strong hand. See, a message of comfort and encouragement. This scripture tells us that God isn't distant or uncaring. He is involved in your life, even if it's not clear or obvious at that time. And how many times have you not notice God working into your life until later on. And then you see the direction that your life has changed or that the thing you're like, God, why did you do this to me? Ended up being one of the greatest things that ever happened to you. Sometimes the present is the hardest time to see God work in your life. Sometimes the future, when you move forward and you've had a little time to digest and to understand all of those things make complete faith or complete sense. Next, uh, Isaiah 53, four it was certainly our sickness that he carried and our sufferings that he bore, but we thought him afflicted, struck down by God and tormented. Sometimes one person might have to suffer for the benefit of others as, as God did. And for that person who suffered, there is redemption. And, you know, we've said this before is, you know, you as Christians, you know, and I've asked this question before, 
um, you know, I've asked you, would you be willing to die for your convictions, your belief and your faith in God? Well, I don't think there's a person here that wouldn't be willing to give their life for our heavenly father, because dying in his service is the greatest death we could ever have is we, we are leaving the battlefield serving our heavenly father. But I've also asked the question is, would you be willing to do something that's not necessarily scripturally right? If you knew that the world would find God faith in that chance at salvation too. And I think a lot of the people here would, you know, have answered yes in the past to that same question is if it meant you did something wrong that would kind of you'd probably end up in hell for doing it, but it meant saving the world and giving them that chance to enter heaven in the process. I think many of us would do it. We're Christians. We want what's best for the other people, but also feel at that point that God's like, well, that was self-sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? So you actually did something wrong, but you did it for the greater good. It was humble. It wasn't selfish. Um, I'm not sure how, you know, where that would fall in. And, you know, but I think a lot of people on the same page is that we love people enough. We love God's children enough to we'll be willing to do what we could to help others find that salvation right now. The greatest thing that we could do is stage one of this war. And that is leading people to Christ, helping them find that narrow path, helping them find that relationship with God. Many people um, are on the fence still. Uh, it's hard for me to believe that there's people out there that don't know who Christ is, but I find out more and more every day that there are a lot of people that just don't know. They're not being taught in schools anymore. Their family may have never even mentioned church. You know, the closest they get to Christ is Christmas. And it's not even celebrating the life of birth of Christ as much as it's free presence. So next one I'm going to do is Isaiah 53, 6. So like sheep, we had all wandered away, each going its own way. But the Lord let fall on him all our crimes. So a prophecy about Jesus, this scripture basically means that he suffered for the sins of humanity for our benefit. The greatest sacrifice that's ever taken place in this world. It was absolutely horrific. You know, um, I think the passion of the Christ did a pretty good job of showing how bad it was. And I know a lot of people, you know, I talked to some Catholics like, ah, I don't, we don't want to see that. We don't want to see the, you know, or actually it was some of the Baptists that said that, that they, they didn't want to watch it because of the, the gore and the gruesome. And it's like, how do you, you know, we all respect the sacrifice, but seeing how bad that sacrifice was, even understanding the thorns that were put on his head weren't just like rose thorns. These things are like super tough, durable, long thorns that could literally puncture the tire of a semi truck or a tractor. These things were like, you know, so the pain that he endured from the beatings, the walk up the Calgary, all the way to him being hung on the cross was insane. And, you know, in order to really, truly appreciate the sacrifice, it wasn't just a sacrifice. It was like one of the most horrific deaths ever placed on the earth. And, and one thing that, that Jesus was lucky about is that he died shortly after he was put on that cross, because for the most part, um, crucifixion take days. Like those people are up there suffering for days. So God took that away from them pretty fast after he was up there. Um, but that blood that he shed that day, he shed the blood for every single one of us to give us that one opportunity, that one chance that we have to make it up into heaven. So um, next I'm going to read uh, John eleven twenty five. So Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. So Jesus holds the power over life and death. So believing in him means hope and eternal life. You will be saved, accepting Christ into your heart. Like I said, when Jeff comes back, 
He said he may sound like a broken record. He may piss some people off, but he's coming back full force, fire and brimstone. He's like, we don't have much time left. You know what I'm saying? So whether people hate me or not, I'm going to pound it into the ground, the importance of that salvation, accepting Christ into your heart. And this is literally the the greatest thing that we can do right now. It's the greatest gift you can give to anybody. They may hate you right now for being pushy about talking about Christ and the importance of it, but it doesn't matter because one day they may have that opportunity and you were the person that, that brought them to that opportunity. Like I said, we don't have the power to save. We don't have the power to hand over salvation, but we know who does. So the very least we can do, like Jesus asked us. He didn't demand it. He asked us. Spread that gospel to all creation. Spread that gospel from nation to nation. It's the greatest thing that we can do right now for anybody. Next one, Joshua 1.9. I've commanded you to be brave and strong, haven't I? Don't be alarmed or terrified because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be comforted and motivated. If you're facing challenges or uncertainties in your life because of your faith, you are strong and can handle anything. God once again, I said earlier, God doesn't give you anything that you can't handle. God will not allow a temptation to your life that you can't move past. God only gives you what you can. Sometimes he gives us things to have a better understanding, to strengthen our faith, to make us stronger as individuals. But guys, we're walking into a battle, literally a spiritual war, a war between demons and angels, a war between evil, a war between good. We are walking into that. And you don't want to be atrophied walking into a spiritual war. We've got to be strong. We have to have fully mended armor. We have to be right with God. We have to have that strong relationship and more faith than we've ever had. So God's going to be giving us things going forward. But be comforted and motivated that you are facing the challenges and uncertainties in your life because of your faith, you are strong and can handle anything as long as God is in your life. And he always will be. God was with us before we even admitted or accepted Christ into our heart. He's certainly not going to abandon us now that we are openly avid Christians talking about it all the time. He's going to be with us more than ever. And he knows he needs to be with us more than ever because the devil's not going to waste his time necessarily with, uh, with a, a sinner who's already a bad person. He's certainly going to start intervening in the lives of those who are trying to change the life of sinners and give them that great gift that God can only give, or at least bring them to it in that narrow path that I speak of often. Next is Philippians uh, 4, 7. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. When we turn to God in prayer and when we trust him, you feel a peace. You know, remember the what you thought was that peaceful feeling before you accepted Christ? And now that peaceful feeling that comes over you now that you have Christ in your heart, it's like night and day. This is a gift from God himself, and he will provide you a great source of comfort and reassurance no matter what you're doing. Just hop on your knees and pray for it. God will hand it over to you. Like I said, he doesn't put these things into our life to make us miserable. And if we start not being able to tread that water, God's going to do what he can to allow us to walk on it. That's the great thing is God's never going to forsake us. He's always going to be with us. It's as simple as dialing his phone number, which is prayer. And like I said, the day that Christ died on that cross, the, the veil was torn between the temples and it gave us direct access to speak with Christ, to speak with God. We no longer needed to go to a preacher or a Pharisee or anybody whatsoever to have them pray for you. 
we got God's direct phone line the day that Christ died on that cross. That was another one of the gifts that we got that day. Proverbs 3, 6, know him in all your paths and he will keep your ways straight. So depending on God in all areas of your life will give you the direction that you need. So the path is encouraged by your faith and trust in him. The path gets easier, the stronger that your faith is, but don't forget the devil's going to try to intervene, but God knows this. So God's going to be standing right by your side. I've said this many times before, when God sends you on a mission or asks you to do something, he doesn't ask you, or he doesn't leave you. He doesn't say, Hey, Joseph, I need you to go do this for me. Um, I will see you when you get done. No, he's with you. When he tells you, he's with you during your journey, and he's right there with you when you end that journey. God is with you the entire time. He is watching over you. He is allowing you to see what you are capable of, not yourself, but through him. And he wants us to have that faith, that trust, and that love in him in order to do these things. God wants us to need him. Next is Romans 10.9. Because if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, And in your heart, you have faith that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That's a guarantee. That's not a theory. That's not a hope. That's not a wish. It is absolute truth and reality. The moment you say Jesus is Lord, accept him into your heart and feel it with your heart. You're saved. You were reborn a new person. You were reborn a person of Christ. And it's not a, not like your journey ends. Like I said, he doesn't say, Say Jesus is Lord, accept him into your heart, and then go off and sin. You go off and sin no more. Like I said, that was our only opportunity that we had right there is for Christ. So if you believe in Jesus Christ's resurrection, you will be amongst those that have salvation. Simple as that. This heartfelt faith is going to be a strong force in your life. And I can't imagine not having that in my life. Same with you guys every single day. Can you imagine not having God in your heart right now? Not having that faith? not having that relationship as things get more and more chaotic in this world, I'd be a bumbling fool. I wouldn't want to leave my house. I'd be full of anxiety. I'd be feared. I'd be stressed out about absolutely everything. And I'd probably already have that sword pulled from the sheath running around throwing rocks at everybody. Exactly, Matt and Heb. Without God, what's the point? And I've said that before. You know, before God, what was life? It was eat, sleep, work, repeat. That's what life was. But now, with God in your life, you got eat, sleep, work, but you've got God's service all day long. God gives us so much meaning, if you think about it. Life is so mundane, it's so pointless without God, but the moment you accept Christ and God into your heart, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, not only do we have a meaning here on this, not only do we have a purpose, God's utilizing us. We're as warriors. He needs us. Well, he doesn't need us, but he He needs us to need him and return needs us to complete our task here on this earth, relying on the faith and what God gives you. It's a beautiful thing. And life has been way more exciting. Matter of fact, I, I lost excitement in my life for a while before I found God. But then that day that I'm like started searching that day that I found him, that day that I accepted him in my heart, life changed started making me question my actions. It gave me purpose and it literally added the excitement that I have lost right back into my life. And I haven't lost it since then. Cause once again, we have a purpose may not always be pretty, but nonetheless, we, we are serving God in, in one of the many, many ways that he's asked us. And sometimes the things that God asks us to do is uncomfortable. 
you know, um, but by answering God's call, God will provide you with what you feel like you were losing. You know, I'm just going to use money as the example. Um, you know, God's like, Hey, I know you don't have it or you don't think you have it, but you need to take this and give it to this person who needs it more. So by listening to God and by doing that, God's not going to leave you without what you need. He's going to take care of you instantaneously. It's not why we do it, but having that faith, we know that when God asks us to do something, even if it makes us feel uncomfortable for the moment, it's going to end up benefiting not only the person that you're helping, but benefiting yourself in the long run too. At the very least, you've just proved that you're willing to listen to God and you're willing to serve God without question. Um, I'm going to read a couple more before we um, go into prayer. 2 Timothy 1.7, God didn't give us a spirit that is timid, but one that is powerful, loving, and self-controlled. This scripture is meant to empower you to live with courage and spiritual authority. Tap into that abundant resources given to you by the Holy Spirit to fulfill your purpose in life. Like I said, it's, it's amazing when you have God in your life, um, all the things that come with it. It's not just that love. It's not just the kindness in your heart, the humility. It's all these different things. You know, you even stop doubting yourself. Um, many of us doubted ourselves um, before we found God. But the moment that Christ and God's in your life, when you start doubting yourself, who are you really doubting? You're not doubting yourself. You're doubting God because God will make anything possible in your life. If he asks you to do something, you can guarantee you're going to fulfill that task. And then finally, Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The reason I want to end with this one right here tonight is that God, we're required in order to have salvation to accept Christ into our heart. That's, you know, it's a given. We're required to repent for our sins and to work on ourselves to be less sinful people. But one thing that he didn't demand that he asked of us, once again, Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The good news here is to share the power of your religious beliefs with those around you who are looking to reconnect with the Lord. Now, I'm going to go, and I cannot remember which apostle or disciple this was, but this was after Christ, this is after Christ um, ascended, or excuse me, this is after Christ died. He, uh, one of the, the, I can't remember which one it was, I want to say it was Peter, but it may not have been. God said, open the door, open the door and answer. And uh, he knew it was the Romans beating on his door, but one of, you know, and and he thought, Jesus knew what was going to happen, but the disciple that was asked upon this to do this thought that he was about to be led to his death. Why are the Romans banging on my door and want me to go with them? They obviously want to kill me because I'm a follower of Christ. But what ultimately ended up happening? The centurion sent the Roman soldiers to bring them to bring him back so that he may ask him about Christ, about God, ended up asking him to ultimately he ended up baptizing him right there, but also ended up baptizing all of these other people that were there witnessing the baptism. And this is the beauty right here is going forth, spreading the, you know, our be disciples of all nations, creating this, spreading that gospel like Christ asked us to do, but baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and giving them that same chance and that same opportunity that you have. If God asks you to do something, sometimes you question it. You're like, why? Just like he did with those Roman soldiers that came to his door to bring him back to the centurion. But Jesus and God know 
well better than we do what he's sending you into. And that is, and he's never going to send you into death. And in, and if he does, if you end up dying in your mission, I can promise you that it will not be in vain and your death will inspire so many other people. So is it really that bad when you are helping other people find that relationship that you have and you died in God's service? So that's enough of that for the evening. I got about a minute left in here. So I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, get into a little spiritual warfare and a little bit of prayer. So if everybody would please bow their heads. Heavenly Father, thank you again for another day. Thank you for bringing us all together, giving us these platforms to where we can reach out, communicate with each other, talk about all that you have blessed us with, dear Lord, and most importantly right now, pray for one another. Dear Lord, we are warriors in this great battle that we're walking into. And right now, as chaotic and as miserable as some of these times feel, all you're doing is preparing us so that we are fully equipped once we head into that battle, which is inevitable. Dear Lord, we know you're coming home. You're going to come here and you're going to take us home. Dear Lord, we are ready for that day. But we also realize that you don't want us to sit with idle hands because the devil will utilize every moment of that. You want us to stand up and to serve you and to keep on working, dear Lord, to protect those that can't protect themselves, to be there for the widowers and the orphans. Dear Lord, you've asked us, you have a job for us to do on earth as in heaven. So dear Lord, let us always have the courage, the wisdom, discernment, and the strength that we're going to need to navigate these times. And as they get rockier and rockier, dear Lord, fill us with more so that we always make a move that benefits others and that is for you and not making the wrong move, dear Lord. If it's time to keep the sword in the sheath, let us be passive. But dear Lord, if it comes time to draw that sword and to use it to protect others that can't protect themselves, let us also not hesitate and pull that sword throw those rocks like you've asked others to do. Dear Lord, you said that those who live by the sword will die by the sword. Dear Lord, it was never meant for our first action, the first thing we do to be a violent means. Dear Lord, but there may come a time for that. So fill us, dear Lord, with what we need to do. Let us do this first phase of this battle and spread your message. Spread that gospel to all creation from nation to nation like you asked us to, dear Lord. Dear Lord, let us be ready to fight in any way that we can. Right now, it's through information. But I ask, dear Lord, that you also calm our souls more and more every day. Give us the, the patience that you had with us when we were lost souls. Dear Lord, let us have that same patience with others. Let us never forget to pray for our enemies, but to truly mean it, dear Lord, because just like Paul, you can turn them around to be one of your greatest apostles, one of your greatest disciples. Dear Lord, let us always do everything with love. That's how we know if we're doing the right thing, dear Lord. If it's pulling the sword to go against somebody else, dear Lord, let it because we are protecting someone that we love, not through hate, not through anger. Dear Lord, remove that from us. Remove all the temptations that the devil tries to put into our lives. Let us remove the fear that this world and the devil has designed to keep us in. Dear Lord, we need to raise that heavenly frequency. We need to be raised that, that Christ in our lives every day. When someone walks in and sees us, dear Lord, let, us, let them see you first and then see us. Let the actions, the fruits that we bear, the things that we do be a representation of you. Dear Lord, people won't have to ask us, do you believe in Christ? They will know we believe in Christ, dear Lord, because of what we do. Let us never hold a grudge against anyone. Even us, dear Lord, those true people, the true followers of Christ, 
Sometimes get into little quiffs. Sometimes we get into arguments. Sometimes we get into disagreements. Let us never forget, dear Lord, first and foremost, that you are the blood that binds us all together and that any argument, any disagreement that we may have is pointless and we need to let go of it, dear Lord. Right now, we need to unify more than divide. We need to come together as the greatest warriors you've ever had, dear Lord, because soon enough, we're going to be in that battle and we need to have our armor mended. We have the strength of one another. We need to pray for one another. We need to be here for one another, dear Lord, in your heavenly name. So thank you, Father, for all that you've given us. Thank you for all the prayers that you have answered over and over again as we see examples of this every single day. Thank you for blessing all of those that need you for health, those that you need you for finances. And thank you, dear Lord, for utilizing us in order to help others, dear Lord. Thank you for giving us things to do in your service, dear Lord, giving meaning to our lives, filling us with love, mercy, and grace that we give to others as well. Thank you for everything you bless us with, all the things that are big, all the things that are small. Let us take nothing for granted from this day forward. Let us let go of the egos, Father, and embrace humility. Be humble as we possibly can, dear Lord. Let us do everything for you. Let us praise you for everything that you do. Let us never take credit for doing anything ourselves without first saying, Father, thank you for working in my life and giving me the opportunity to help others. It wasn't I that did it, Father. It was you doing it through me. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this family that you brought together, which is growing more every day, dear Lord, and continue to give us all that we need in our bag, our artillery bag that we're going to need going into the future, dear Lord. Let us never waver from our faith. Let us all be willing to die rather than turning our backs on you. Let us hold that line, dear Lord, as they say in the military. We love you with all of our hearts. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name we pray. Amen. Well, everybody, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight for Kilted Christian episode 511, Significant Scriptures. We'll be going over this again, um, some more that I have lined up on Friday. Tomorrow is Thursday. Today is Thursday. Um, so tonight, John will be on MSM Liars, so we'll be having a great conversation there as well. Um, and then we've got some interviews lined up coming up next week. So like I said, guys, keep on praying for the Conley. Keep on praying for um, Jeff. Help them get through these hard times. Keep praying for all those that have asked for prayers. A lot of people have lost loved ones this year, and there's no more difficult time than having to experience your first birthday, your first holiday, your first anything without that person. So just keep them in strength. Reach out. Call them. Just a simple text to be like, hey, I'm thinking about you, and I love you. It's amazing how far that goes. But guys, thank you so much for listening to Kilt the Christian episode 511. We'll be back tomorrow with MSM Liars Thursday for episode 512. Guys, I love you very much with all my heart, and I leave you with this. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what's so proudly at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming
So real quick before we leave, I'm going to address something Steve brought up. So um, Bards FM Scott has changed his show timing, and he will be starting at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Um, my show starts at 1030. Guys, if you're late, I have no problem with that. I still love you. I'll see you as soon as uh, Bards FM is over. If you're joining me in the meantime, that was awesome. I look forward to having you here. Um, but this is the most important thing, and there's no hard feelings. I don't mind whatsoever. Um, it's easier for Scott to do those times, but here's the deal. It's not who's giving the message. It's the message. So whether you're going to his show, whether you're coming to my show one time or anything like that, you're still going to get the message to be with family. And that is the most important part. So his show usually is an hour long. It'll probably be over with by about 11 o'clock Eastern time. And at that point, I hope you guys come on over here and join us. Like I said, I'm all about the message. I'm all about this family. I'm all about everything that we do. So like I said, I love y'all very, very much, and I will never have any hard feelings that you guys aren't here um, listening to this show. I just want you to be with family. I want you to go where you feel led to go and where that message is the strongest. So that being said, guys, remember this. We know how this ends. God wins. So fear not. Stress not. Let go of your anxiety. Hold that line. Pray, pray, pray. Spread the gospel from nation to nation. And we're going to get through this. God will give us everything that we need in our artillery to circumnavigate these times. We're going to be good. I love you all very, very much. Have an absolutely beautiful evening. We'll see you tomorrow night for episode 512 of Kilted Christian. In the meantime, God bless. <laughs>